Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. So today we have the privilege of hearing Pastor Mark preach for us, which means I kind of had the week off. Thanks. Uh, so kiddos, make sure you have your activity packs and, and make sure that uh, after church you can take them and hang them on my board outside my office, okay? And so at this time, Mark, I'm just going to turn over to you. Well, it is a joy to be here this morning. Vanessa and I uh, look forward to coming. We appreciate you, appreciate the church, appreciate that you are uh, uh, active on the district and very involved in who we are. We couldn't do it without you. And uh, as much as your pastor gives me a hard time sometimes, I love this lady and her husband, Thomas. They, they, are, they are precious, and I know you know that, and we're blessed to have them here as pastoring our church, and it's just a, a joy to celebrate and share together. I want to say it again. I walk into, your, into the sanctuary, and this is just a beautiful sanctuary. It's a it's a place where you just sense the presence of God. Amen. Thank you for leading us in worship, Emily and all the band that was up here. And Patrick, is it okay if I move this forward a little bit? And if it's not, I'm going to do it anyway. Excuse me. This gets me closer. I, I'd almost come out here, but I don't want to get too close. You might get nervous there. And, and, <laughs> but... Um, the drive over today is beautiful. When you turn off of, uh, I guess it's 70 on the 84, and you know you're going to lose cell service somewhere along the way, <laughs> and it's just a gorgeous road out in the country. And then, and then I told Vanessa when we were about five miles out, I guess I said, you know, and all of a sudden we're going to come up on Wicks and then the church, and it's just, uh, it's just beautiful, beautiful. Um, you have so much openness here. Of course, we live just outside of Little Rock. There's not a whole lot of openness there, but I love the country, just the beauty of the country. Well, you know, today we have a whole lot of things that are distracting us. Uh, I don't know how much time you watch news or read on it online or whatever, but a lot of distractions. And Matthew 6.33 says this, Seek first the kingdom of God, live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. That seeking first the kingdom of God is just key for us, of course, to live this life in Christ. That we want to keep our focus on him. And then when we do that, everything else and all the needs that we have will be in his hands and he'll provide. But when I, when I realize that we have these distractions, we know of the war in the Middle East, Ukraine and Russia also. Um, the economy makes us nervous sometimes, and we know that streaming, movies, TV, and all that stuff, sometimes it presents a message that's um, quite disturbing, that distracts. And then we're in this political climate that we're in, and America looks like it's just always divided. And then when I consider that what we have going on in our life with these distractions that are happening, and then, we t and then you know, um, my phone is right here. I read just recently that people spend about just around two hours a day on social media things related to our phones, iPads, that kind of stuff. Distractions. And, and I don't know why it happened, but we know it all happened years ago that 
people have come to think that we want to know every opinion they have as they post it on social media. I'm not sure why that happened, but it did. And then, with, again, with this political climate that we're in, could I encourage you? This is free. This doesn't cost anything, what I'm about to give you here. But uh, you may not even do this, but seriously, in my previous, in my church that I pastored prior to being in this ministry, I lost people from my church because of things that people were in the church posting on social media that these over here in the church didn't like what they were saying and they didn't like what they were saying. I had people leave the church. So during this climate of social media and politics and all that stuff, vote for whoever God lays on your heart. But here's the deal. When you post stuff, just post something that would uplift Jesus. Amen? Just say things that just bring praise to him and have a great day and seek the kingdom of God. Because one thing, you're not going to change their mind and they're not going to change your mind. So just lift up Jesus. Okay, all that was just free of charge. I'm going back to my sermon now. So to get us on focus... With all the distractions, I want you to turn your Bibles, if you would, to Philippians 4. This passage of Scripture is just a really powerful passage of Scripture to help us to get our minds where our minds need to be. Philippians 4, verse 8, and it reads this way, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, Think about things that are excellent. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Well, when you, when you read those words and you hear him say one final thing, you know that there was something going on prior to that moment. He's at a climatic moment when he says one final thing. So what's happening back here that builds up to that one final thing. So I want you to do this. We're going to come back to verse 8 in a minute, but I want us to go to verse 4. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. But there's some truths that build us to the one final moment. And let me tell you this, too. I am glad this is Family Sunday. I love seeing the children. And if children talk or babies cry, it's okay with me, all right? So we're just going to have a good time this morning. Uh, verse 4 says, focus on what? Joy. So if you look in the verse, it says, always be full of joy in the Lord. Joy, not in the distractions, it won't bring joy. Joy doesn't come from our circumstances a lot of times. But joy can always be found as we look at it in the Lord and live it in the Lord. And he says again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord, NIV, I think, says, and again, I say rejoice. When my son was little, he's now 33 years old, so he's not little, but when he was little, it, and I really wanted to get his attention, and I wouldn't do this hard, I promise. I would just put my hand gently under his chin, and I would say, Josh, look at me. Look at me. And then I'd tell him whatever it is. I feel like the Apostle Paul is kind of doing that to us this morning. Now listen, I want you to hear this. I want you to have joy, and I want you to have joy. Where in the world can we have joy, joy, with all the distractions, 
in the Lord. Would you say that with me? In the Lord? In the Lord. We can find joy when we keep our focus on who Jesus is and what he is in our life. And so the fullness of my life and the fullness of joy comes because of Jesus. Now, the Apostle Paul, when writing this passage of Scripture, is imprisoned in Rome. He's in the house arrest. And so here he is in a situation where he's practicing what he's preaching because circumstances aren't the best. And he's telling us, don't let your circumstances control your joy. Who lets their circumstances control their emotions a lot of times? Well, we're all guilty. But the Word of God says, I want you to understand, and Paul is saying, I want you to understand, I'm in prison in house arrest right now, but I'm not going to let my circumstances imprison me. You know, walls of a prison aren't really what imprison us. It's circumstances, it's our emotional situations, it's the things that are happening in life. They can imprison us, and Paul is saying, no, 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 don't let that happen. Instead, I want you to have joy, joy, and it comes in Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus, and you can always have joy because, listen to this, no matter what's going on in your life, if you're living a seek first the kingdom of God kind of life, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Thank you. Amen. Because that's the truth, that Jesus is there for us at all times, no matter what's going on. And so his joy is there. And when Paul was in prison, he writes these, these, these letters, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. How many times do we have things going on in our life and life gets heavy and we come out with words something like, woe is me. Why me, Lord? You know, years and years ago, there was that old song, why me, Lord? What have I ever done? <laughs> but here we find the Apostle Paul is telling us, no, 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 don't do that. Instead, I want you to have joy. And when you have that kind of joy, then you can have a testimony. Listen to this testimony the Apostle Paul has in Philippians 3.8. More than that, I count all things lost in view of the surpassing value of gaining Christ Jesus as Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things and count those things that I have lost as garbage in comparison to gaining Christ. What's he saying? Gaining Christ is everything. I have Jesus in my life. I don't know if you're getting it, ladies and gentlemen. Because when you have Jesus in your life, you have everything. I've come to realize that as long as I have Jesus center focus in my life, then I have everything. Even when things are not going my way, even when things are hurting, and even when tragedy happens, I still have strength because my joy is in Jesus and not in this. And he'll see me through. Doesn't mean as Christians we lose our sensitivity. We still feel pain. We still feel hurt. But it does mean I understand that the things that this world would like to try to close in on me, my Savior died for my sins so that I could experience new life because he lives. I can face tomorrows and all fear is gone. And because of that, I can have joy. I can have joy in Jesus Christ because he is my all in all. Circumstances are not going to control us. Okay, the second truth, verse 5, says this. A better day's coming. Joy, joy in Jesus, verse 5 says, let everyone see that you're considerate in all that you do. Remember, hey, 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 remember, the Lord is coming soon. Now, granted, the Lord could come back today. 
Um, you know, he said, a, what, a, a thousand years is like one day, and a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. Uh, his timetable is not our timetable. You know, we, we live this little finite life and X amount of years that God gives us, and we're pouring everything we can into this time frame. And sometimes we lose perspective that what's really important is what's coming. Amen, church? It's heaven. When you think of heaven, here, you can, you, we can all talk in church right now. Children, adults, we can all talk in church. Throw me a word or a phrase. When you think of heaven, what comes to your mind? Eternity, Eternity. peace. Loved ones. Loved ones. Nothing, lost. Nothing what? Nothing lost. No taxes. No, <laughs> there won't be, but that's a, you know, I'm, not, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, think about it. You know, sometimes we think about the streets of gold and all the beauty of it, which is phenomenal. But when we really realize that there is an eternity, this life is so, 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 so small in comparison. And sometimes I, I think about what will heaven be like? I want to tell you, I really enjoy life now. I mean, we all have our problems, but I really do enjoy life. And I, I haven't met many people that are saying, hey, I'm ready to go on. Let's just go now. Most people want to live as long as they possibly can on this earth because they enjoy what they have. Now, as much as this place is flawed by sin and because Adam and Eve ate that fruit and everything else has kind of been flawed. And as much as we love this, think how great heaven must be. Multiply that times, times, and times, and times, and times, and then we think about what heaven is going to be like. It's the phenomenal aspect that, Pastor, my joy, joy is Jesus. And because my joy, joy is Jesus, then I got a new perspective on life, and not only this life, this is so small. My future is bright because I know heaven's coming. No matter how bad it may get now, this is minute in comparison to Heaven's coming. <laughs> what a day that'll be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. <laughs> when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that'll be. What a day. Joy, joy, heaven's coming. And now listen to this one. This one is great. I know none of y'all have any problems with verse 6. Don't worry about anything. And then he says, instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Our world is filled with emotional, mental anxiety. Mental health is really a strong topic in our day. And uh, Vanessa and I, we don't, it doesn't matter if we watch it every weekend or, whatever, or whenever it comes on, but we just happened to watch Shark Tank months back. And there was this young lady that was on, on there. You know, everybody know Shark Tank, you know, the entrepreneurs and they're multi-multi-whoever and they're trying to, this person's trying to sell them on being a part of their business. So she comes on and in her business, she was a nursing student. And in her third year of nursing school, her anxiety levels were just off the charts. She gave it up, and she began to do what really was in her heart, and she started her own business. And the business was called See the Way I See. 
And what she did, she had a kind of a clothing line, and she had some uh, signage, some jewelry. And, for example, she would have uh, on a crew neck sweatshirt, anxious. But on the sleeve, it would read, this too shall pass. She would have emotional. And then it would say, and that's okay. I had a ring like it said, anxious, but on the inside of it, it would say, breathe. And so... As they talked to her, they said, they asked her how much money she had when she got out of school, or dropped out of school, in her checking account, and she said she had $500. And they said, how much do you have in your checking account now? She said $400,000. She had hit a target area of our community, of our world, of people who are having emotional needs. Understand when Paul says don't worry, he's writing to the church in Philippi. This is not something that's just out here. It's something that's right here. And I think we need to, you know, when I was growing up, preachers would be preaching, and they were preaching their heart and not speaking bad of them. But it would almost act... I felt like if, if you had emotional needs like this, you probably weren't living like you should spiritually. It has nothing to do with that. You can be the closest one to the Lord following his plans, but when life layers up on you, you know what I mean? You have difficulties, problems, circumstances, things going wrong, things didn't happen right, tragedy in the home, work-related, school-related, and it begins to build up on you. And sometimes things called panic attacks can happen. You didn't even, you don't bring on panic attacks. It just, I can't explain it, but it just can happen. And so you have these worries and anxiety and sometimes panic attacks and the emotional stress of our world. And I'm not de-Christianizing anyone that may be going through that this morning. I want you to understand that. But the Apostle Paul says, but I don't want you to stay there. I want to I help you. And he's saying to us, instead of worry, I want you to pray. I want you to turn that situation to a point of prayer. Instead of spending your emotional energy in, that wraps up in whatever this is, I want you to turn your attention to pray. And I love it that he said, I want you to pray about everything and tell God what you need. In other words, talk to him, talk to him, continue to talk to him. And if it's today you talk to him about it and you need to talk to him and the next morning, talk to him and tell him about it. And the Bible says then there's a progression of don't worry, pray, tell God all about it, and then thank him for all that he's done. I am moving from the emotion of worry to the point of thanksgiving. And when you move your heart and your mind to the attitude of praise and thank you, Father, for who you are, and even though I'm in a tough moment, I'm in a dark moment, my God said in his word, I don't want you to stay there. I want to help pull you out, and I want you to come to an avenue of prayer and realize, do we understand the power of prayer? Do we really understand the power of prayer? 
And so if we really understand the power of prayer, what we do here at this point is we come in the name of Jesus and fall before him and saying, whatever this is, it has because we talked about Paul being in the house arrest and in prison. This stuff imprisons people emotionally till they can run down a dark road and they don't think they'll ever get out of it. But Paul shines a light and said, oh, don't stay there. Focus on prayer. I want you to focus on prayer. I want you to tell me everything about it. I need you to tell me everything about it as many times as you need to tell me about it. And I'm going to see you through. <clears throat> Some people don't even want to talk about this because it makes them feel weak. Well, sure it does. Sometimes men are the world's worst. We're not going to let anybody know. We're men. Especially we southern men. We have some pride here. I'm just telling you. The Apostle Paul said to the church, to the church, this goes on. But I have an avenue for you, and it's the power of prayer. Um, again, Paul understood this. You remember when Paul and Silas were in Philippi in Acts chapter 16, and they're walking down the streets, and there's been this demon-possessed girl who keeps following them around. Remember the story? And, and this girl is shouting, these are men of the most high God telling you the way of salvation. Well, that's true, but you don't need a demon-possessed girl being your advertising agent. You know what I mean? That's like having a beer truck running out here and having on the back of it, follow me to Wicks Church of the Nazarene. You know, you, they just they don't go together that well. And so, I mean, that's kind of what is happening here. So finally, Paul had all he could take, and he turned around and rebuked that evil spirit out of that girl in the name of Jesus. And we know that evil spirit gave her the ability to tell people their future. So she was a slave girl, and these two people who owned her lost their income when the spirit demon came out. They dragged him before the magistrates. They had them beaten. They were thrown in jail, but not just jail. They were thrown into the inner portion of the jail, which my understanding is more or less here's the level of the jail, and then there's like a hole that you drop prisoners down or lower them down through that hole, and down here is more of a dungeon-like, dark, stench, awful, and beaten, and they're thrown, and they're placed their legs in stocks, which you know they separated their legs as far as they could to make it just unbearable, and unbearable, I mean, and, and cramping probably happening, and their backs are beaten. But listen to verse 25. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. How about me and you? <laughs> what would we have been doing in that dungeon? Lord, I don't understand. Here I am trying to serve you. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do to serve you, and I end up here? No, Paul knew. Joy, joy is in Jesus. I know a better day's coming, and so I'm living for that moment, and I want to take as many people as I can with me, and instead of being in this dungeon of worry, I'm singing praises and thanking God, and I'm praying because God is my great deliverer. Amen? Come on, church, that ought to be 100% amen. That's the word of God, not me. That's the word of God. And that's what God, listen, Satan wants to trick us or, 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 or deceive us, not trick, deceive is a better word, to deceive us to make us think this really probably isn't as true as it seems like it probably should be. But God says, don't worry, pray. Tell me everything. And I want you to thank me and, bless, and, and, and begin to give praise unto me. Now listen to this. Don't worry, pray about everything. 
Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he's done. And verse 7 says, listen to this, listen to this. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So he says, do this, joy, joy, a better day's coming, not worrying, praying, tell God all about it. And I'm going to thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience whose peace? God's peace. What kind of peace does God have? You think? Thank you. Perfect. Because he's in control. He doesn't have a worry. He knows what's coming and he's in control of it. And don't raise your hand, but if you have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life and you're living that way every day, he is your father. And he says, the father says, I'm giving you my peace. <laughs> okay, here, here's the real deal. Here's where the rubber meets the road in some degree. What about when you're going through all this and all the stuff of the world and the emotion and the anxiety and this stuff that's going on and, and you're praying and you're believing and you know your joy is in Jesus. But what about if in the midst of the storm, you don't sense peace? You ever been there? You believe this and, and you know the word is true. And for some reason, you're still in turmoil. What do you do? Here's what I do. I just say to my father, I say, Father, your word is true. You don't lie. And I believe what you said is true. And not only do I believe it that it's true, I expect it. That's not doing this to God. That's just trusting his word. And I expect it. And I believe it now because, God, I need your peace right now. Because if I don't get it right now, it just seems like this world's kind of doing this to me. And I don't want to live there. I want to live in harmony with you. And I need your peace right now. And I can't tell you that it always happens on the first time I pray that. But I can tell you, as I continue to pray and believe it, he does it. And I don't even understand it because nothing has changed around me. But in here, my soul, I have peace. You know what I'm talking about? You understand that? And that's the way God works. And he says, I want you to have my peace. Peace. <laughs> now we go to the one final thing. Joy, joy. Better days coming. <laughs> Don't worry, pray, tell God everything you need. Thank him for all that he's done. Then you'll experience his peace. Well, let me back up before I get there. Then you'll experience God's peace, which he sees anything you understand. And listen to these words. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. I need that. I need the Heavenly Father to send his angels or the divine beings of however he wants to do it and guard my heart and my mind. I don't know about you, but my mind can go all over the place. But I need the guards to be there. As, and the condition is, as I live in Christ Jesus, so as I'm seeking the kingdom of God above all else, living in Christ Jesus, you'll experience the peace, and I'm going to set up guard on your heart and your mind. Praise the Lord. And then we come to the words... Brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Did you notice that's a choice? He said, I, he didn't say, I'm going to make you think this way. You got to fix your thoughts. And when your thoughts get going all over the place, we got to get our, this is our part. We got to get our minds back in gear and fix 
our thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Who does that describe? Jesus. So what is he saying? Fix your attention, your thoughts on Jesus. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Jesus. And as you fix your thoughts on Jesus, you'll have that peace and you'll have that joy and you'll be able to deal with the stuff that comes your way because, listen, we all know this, but life sometimes is totally unfair to Christians. Anybody else too, but it happens here. But God has said, I I got it. I got it. If you really live with me, I got you. Can <laughs> I don't know how people live, Pastor, without Jesus. I mean, I, I lean into him all the time. That's what the sanctified life is all about, leaning into Christ, living under his guidance and direction, sold, sold out to his plan. But, you know, in our world, fixing our thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, thinking about things that are excellent, worthy, or praise, we live in a negative-bent world. And that's because of the fall. I mean, you ever pay any attention that, you know, news normally that sells is bad news. We get new, good news every once in a while. Whew, it's good. I hope we don't have any weather forecasters here. But a lot of times, you know, they're always going to tell us 30% chance of rain today. What happened to the 70% chance of sunshine? I mean, we normally think, we can normally, unfortunately, we normally recall negative things that happen to us quicker than we can call, recall the positive things that happen to us. The pain quicker than the blessing. I read uh, from the National Science Foundation, it says that we think between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts a day. That blows my mind. Uh, but that's a 24-hour period. I don't know about you, but when I lay my head down at night, sometimes my mind just kicks in, and I'm thinking all kinds of things at night. But I don't know if I'm between the 12 or the 60. I don't know about you where you may be in that, but 12 to 60,000. But here's the problem. They say that seven, hear hear this, they say that 70 to 80% of your thoughts are negative. 95% of your thoughts are repetitive. Only 5% new thinking every day. If if that is true, that would mean that we have about 9,600 to 48,000 negative thoughts a day. And only 600 to 3,000 new thoughts a day. Now, I hope we Christians kind of blow that thing apart, and that's not true for we Christians because we live in Jesus, guarding our heart and mind. Amen? So I pray we're different, but this is just a national survey kind of thing done. So with that in mind, here's the question. When things are coming into our head, one final thing, fix your thoughts. When thoughts are coming into your head, and they're not a what would be true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, Jesus kind of way, what do you do with it? What do you spotlight? What do you focus on? We can't control all the thoughts that come into our mind because there's all kinds of things that come into our mind. The enemy loves to throw things into our mind. But all kinds of thoughts come into our mind. But how are we going to fix our thoughts and, and, and make sure that we're spotlighting the things that Christ would want us to spotlight? And sometimes that's a real effort. You agree? Sometimes it's a real effort. But that's something that the God, the Holy Spirit within us will help us as we deal with this. But here's, the, here's two words that I want you to understand. Whole, W-H-O-L-E, whole reality. We Christians, some people think that we just stick our head in the sand and act like it's not there. No, I realize what's going on. I have reality. I know my reality and what I'm dealing with. 
But that's only half reality for Christians because whole reality is that we know that our God is going to invade this reality and then move and work in it if I trust and follow his plan. Amen? Whole reality is we include God into the picture and allow him work and to move. It's kind of like this. The psalmist said it this way in Psalms 56, verse 3, and the first part of verse 4. Listen to this. Here's, here's the reality. But when I'm afraid, that's reality, the psalmist. But when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? You hear it? Whole reality. I'm afraid. But I trust God, and I believe in his promises. So even though I'm afraid, really, why should I be afraid? Because I trust God. You see that? That's, that's whole reality. <laughs> and we've got to let God step into our world and realize that he's going to take care of us. Uh, here's an example. Uh, at our, again, at Grace, Grace Church is where Vanessa and I were at for almost 29 years as a pastor in Memphis area. And in that process, we relocated. We sold our church building, relocated, built a new church building. In another part of town. In that process, you know, it takes a lot of money, as y'all know, to build and all that kind of stuff. And so we had a capital fundraising campaign, and the two words that were really brought out was revelation or reason. Reason is, because we're making a three-year commitment financially, reason is you look at your financial budget and reason in your own mind what you feel like you could give over a three-year period of time commit to it, or revelation naturally is you're praying, you're seeking God, and he gives you his amount that you're to give. Well, we were praying, and, and in my mind, I had reasoned what I think God wanted us to give. And then I got revelation, and it didn't double that number, but it was really drawing attention to doubling the number that I had reasoned. Vanessa and I learned long, long ago, when God says do something, just do it. Don't try to argue. Don't try to talk him out of it. Don't try to talk him down. Because if we do, we're messing up his plan. So we trust God, and we committed three years to that amount of money. We didn't have that money. You hear me, church? It's not like I had a, I knew my, I had a great uncle somewhere that was really, 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 really rich, and he's going to die soon and send us some money. We didn't have that money. Well, about the same time, we find out that both of our children need braces. Now. Not three years from now, but they need it now. Uh, Vanessa, uh, for 27 years, taught kindergarten. And that year, Olivia was in her class. Olivia's dad's an orthodontist. And so Cindy, his wife, Richard was his name, I said to Vanessa, would you talk to Cindy and just see, I said, I know it's too late, they've already told us we got this deal with our kids, plus Vicky, our daughter, she was allergic to nickel, and she had to have a special type of braces that would take longer for it to correct the situation, and it would cost more, hallelujah, praise the Lord, you know? I just, we just committed to three years of a lot of money. And now 
My reality is, Lord, I don't have, I don't have money for that, and I sure don't have money for this. Have you ever been there? Well, Vanessa talked to Cindy, and Cindy said, well, did Richard not tell you? Tell me what? She said, because you're teaching our daughter this year, we're going to give you a 50% discount. Braces at half price. Amen? I was a lot more excited about that than you are right now, but I'm going to tell you, I appreciate that you seem to be pretty pretty excited. Well, man, I I am thrilled. Vanessa, then uh, she's telling me this. Then she says, and because you're a pastor's wife, we're going to give you another 40% discount. Now, my math is really quick. That's 90%. I don't dance, but if I did, I would have been all over it doing some kind of stepping. I'm telling you, I was thrilled to death. 90% off. And then she said, if you'll keep your mouth shut, we'll give you another 10% discount. Well, we blew that one, the 10% one. But truly, God provided every penny for our kids' braces. Because our reality was we didn't have money for either one of them, but God said, do this. And because we said yes to that, God put, you think it was by chance that God put Olivia in her classroom that year? By no means. Listen, I get all wrapped up right here and thinking, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. But God's way over here going, I got this. I got, would you just have faith and know that whole reality is I got this? <sighs> Listen to this. My mom, well, my mom passed away back in August. And about three and a half years prior to that, Vanessa and mom, were in tar- they were in Target right before Thanksgiving walking. She's 86 years old, healthy as can be. She trips, falls, has a massive brain bleed. Life was never the same. Thank the Lord he gave her, extended her life for three and a half years, but she was just never the same. Life was very difficult for her. But when she was in physical therapy, now we got years later now, when she was in physical therapy, guess who her physical therapist was, or one of them? Olivia. It's like we had family taking care of mom. God wasn't even just here. He was way down the road taking care. Because I'm trusting God. I'm seeking him first more than anything. And my God can take care of us. And if we'll just keep our joy, joy in Jesus and realize this is great, but don't get so wrapped up here. Better is coming. And I'm not going to just be wrapped up with the worries of my world. I'm going to pray and seek the face of the Almighty God and tell Him everything about it. And I'm going to thank Him for all that He's done. And then I'm going to experience His peace. And His peace will guard my hearts and mind as I live in Christ Jesus. And when life is happening, the whole reality takes place because, yes, this is happening. And, yes, it's tough. And I don't understand why. And I'm going through all this stuff. But my God says, Mark, hold steady. I'm way ahead of you. I got it. Now, how about you this morning? Anybody here dealing with it? You're going through some situations? I want you to let this scripture soak into you this morning. And I want to really give an opportunity for prayer. I want you to stand with me. Um, Emily, would Emily come forward, BJ? Oh, there's Emily. Okay, Emily, whatever you want to play. 
If you'd stand with me, let me have a word of prayer. Father, we love you today, and we thank you for your love for us. And man, Lord, you know life. Life just comes sometimes at us so hard, and some things are so difficult. And sometimes, Lord, I'm guilty. I, I get focused on the problem rather than the solution. And you're the solution. And I want to fix my thoughts on you, Jesus. And this morning, there could be some. I don't know the church family that well this morning, but Lord, I got to believe with this many people here, there's some that could really use some added strength, and maybe some need some peace this morning. Maybe to get the focus back on stop worrying and praying, or get a better perspective that, yes, it's tough now, but I know great's coming, and, and, and I know that I can make it because my joy is in Jesus and not in this situation. And Lord, I pray for that peace to come on hearts and minds this morning as Emily plays. If you'd like to come and bring that situation before the Lord, I invite you to come this morning and find the strength that he can give you. Anyone want to come? Emily, if you would. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.